Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber. And musician filmmaker Marcia Novelli. This week we're joined by Elizabeth Rorba, an Emmy award-winning director with a focus on documentary, promos and commercials. She spent 10 years as a director, writer and editor at MTV Networks and is now the creative director of Outerborough Pictures. Her latest short film, Dylan, premiered at the St. Louis International Film Festival in 2014 and screened at the Boston LGBT Film Festival, Queer Fest and the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. We're looking forward to chatting with Elizabeth about the film and also to hear the advice she has for aspiring directors and writers. So welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I am well. How are you? Good. I'm good. It is our pleasure to have you. Oh, it's awesome. I'm excited to be here. This is starting off so PC. I love it. It is such a wonderful (laughs) pleasure to have you on the show. Let's get a little awkward and tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Um, I'm... A vegetarian, I'm which I have. Oh yes, yes. Since okay. I was this eight, be the best you know, <laughs> oh, I can't. Yeah, eight. This I had a little pet chicken. Like, it's not a competition. <laughs> no, it is a competition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a vegetarian. I, I became one when I was eight, and I guaranteed my mom I would start eating meat again by the time that I had my bat mitzvah so that we could have meat at the bat mitzvah, but it didn't happen. So now I'm Good. neurotic and compulsive about it. That would be my other thing is that I'm neurotic and compulsive in general. Um, and what else? I am a mother to two young boys. Oh my God. Could we have anything more in common? Oh yeah? I'm a father to young boys. I am just as neurotic and I'm vegan. Yay! <laughs> you and I are going to be best friends. Yes. That's, yeah, that's what we do here. I mean, we, it's called Brazil Atlantic, but really it's just kind of a matchmaking service, like not a romantic <laughs> matchmaking service. Sometimes but, it's romantic. You know, sometimes it's, it's... Sometimes it gets a bit too romantic. Hey. You know, it's usually romantic between Ross hey. and I, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all, all the time. It's all, all the time. Um, so we'll go back in time a little bit. Um, Obviously, the main thing we want to talk about is your short film, Dylan, which Marcio and I both really enjoyed. But we want to go back a little bit and talk about um, some of the other stuff you've done. Um, and you've worked with some of the biggest names and companies in entertainment, including Justin Bieber, Sorry, MTV. I'm trying to be funny. It's never funny when I do that. It's never Sorry. funny. Sorry. It's just never funny. Justin uh, who? <laughs> I'm just going to go. Ross, you take over the intro. I'm just going to be over here. That's fine by me. Uh, Justin Bieber, MTV, Paramount, you know, it, it was a really impressive list. Um, what would you say has been your career highlights? If you, if you were to maybe pick two or three, what would be the ones that stood out to you most? Oh, my gosh. Well, really, all of those sort of big name experiences came from this, what, my job at MTV, which um, incorporated a lot of integrated marketing with Paramount, because that's owned by Viacom as well. Um, so I did promos for them and then for Real World and um, a ton of TV shows, The Hills and 
and the city and all that stuff. Um, and I mean, it's always fun to work with big celebrities would be like, oh my God, Tom Cruise is in the room. And oh, did you see all the motorcycles that followed him up the street and whatever? You know, that sort of stuff is always like fun as a voyeur to look at or experience. But for me, like my highlights are always creative. Um, so probably at MTV, I would say the best thing that I felt I did was I did a promo, a promo for The Hills. It was for the final season of The Hills. And it was just a blast because it was on green screen with these huge bungee jumping oh, cords. And yeah, it was great. So fun. We shot on the Phantom and then we did all this amazing flame work. And it was just a blast. It was just like, oh, I can put all these visual ideas in my head together. And somehow, like, they approved it and we got away with making this crazy creative. And, you know, it's just fun to be able to, like, have the, have the, audience of a great big network like that and then do something so sort of visually stimulating mm. is really fun um so i would say that was a big highlight and then probably my other huge professional highlight would be this uh the airing of my feature documentary which was just on the world channel oh wow um yeah which was awesome Congrats. um thank you um and that was just a great uh highlight for me because it was an entirely independent film. I started it six years ago. I really had no idea what would happen with it, but it was something that I felt compelled to make. And then the more I made, the more I felt like I had to finish it. And I went through so much personal frustration of trying to finish the film and feeling it, it'll never get done and sort of this feeling just eating away at me. And just to have it finished and then to know that it got on TV was like, to close that chapter was very rewarding. So, um, what was that one called? Um, that's called The Perfect Victim, um, yeah. and it's a documentary about a group of women who are all incarcerated for killing their abusive husbands. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so it, it was a very intense experience, and uh, building relationships with those women was um, very life changing for me. And once I started working with them, that's when I really felt like, oh my gosh, I have to finish this film. They've put so much of themselves out there, and so I felt like this moral obligation to finish it. And so to know that it's done and out there and people can see it and learn from it is, is awesome. Would I be able to watch that in the UK? Sorry. Um, the World Channel, I'm not sure if that link is available in the UK, but it's on Amazon Prime. It's on iTunes. Okay. Um, it's on Journeyman TV. They're the distributors and they're in the UK. Okay, um, cool. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I was just going to say, speaking of other very lighthearted uh, <laughs> films that you make that have no meaning whatsoever, of course, right, right. tell us about your latest short film, Dylan. Um, why was it so important for you to make this? Dylan was something that I had been thinking about for so long. Um, I wrote it in a documentary theater writing workshop several years ago, probably 10 years ago when I was at MTV and just wanted to write some longer format stuff. And so I, I took a a writing workshop with um, Jessica Blank and Eric Jensen. They did The Exonerated. And uh, so it was really learning about how to do documentary theater writing. And I really fell in love with the process. And we were tasked to um, interview somebody in our lives and take a very, very long interview and turn it into sort of a, a long monologue. And um, so I decided to interview my friend Dylan 
who had uh, recently transitioned from female to male in the past three years prior to that. Um, and we had been friends since sixth grade um, and have known each other just forever, obviously. So I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about at the time. It was definitely a different world in terms of the general understanding of the trans community. Um, and we just had a very long, heartfelt conversation, really, that lasted two hours. And we, we talked from everything from childhood leading up to this transitional point and old friendships and relationships and really everything that you could imagine. Um, and then I took this very long monologue and trimmed it down into an eight minute piece. Um, but at the time it was really just a writing exercise. I didn't know what to do with it. Although I really liked the way it turned out. Yeah, uh, yeah just the language and being able to capture language in that way is, is really cool. Um, just to write down every stutter or um or uh or all of those little intonations that you don't think about necessarily when you're just writing from your head. Um, so I took that and put it away. And this past year, I, uh, I left MTV a couple of years ago and had finished the documentary and just felt like I need to make something or else I'm going to go crazy. Um, so I pulled it back out and read it again and, uh, you know, things that you write a long time ago, you don't know if you're still going to like them, mm -hmm. but I, I really did. And so I thought, how can I make this into a short film? And I like the idea of doing something simple with just one performer and really, um, I could focus on the performance. And so, uh, we filmed it in Coney Island at dawn and I found an amazing performer, Be Becca Blackwell. Um, who's a trans actor in New York. Um, and they did just a spectacular job with the piece. And we shot it all in steady cam, and it was a really tight little crew. We had a couple hours each morning to film. and um, But it was entirely independent and um, really just to make something out of it so that I could sort of have a new piece to, to put out there into the world. So. Yeah. I love it. It turned out really well. We, like I said, we both really enjoyed it. Oh, thank um, you so much. And and I think I'm sure Marcy will agree. Anything that helps further the conversation about the LGBT community is a good thing. Um, yeah. And I think you you did a really great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you can't um, you can't. Well, I guess some people make up that experience. You know, this is something that's very honest and. A heartfelt experience that Dylan really went through and then to have an actor who has who was able to relate to the material so well but it not be their story um, I thought was really cool and kind of like an interesting hybrid of documentary and yeah narratives. I was gonna ask you what do you classify this almost like kind of docudrama in a way you know yeah um I, you know, I've submitted it to festivals in both categories, yeah. um, in short narrative and short doc. Um, and I really do consider it a hybrid of the two. I wouldn't call it a recreation necessarily in that traditional sense. Um, but it's, it's not a documentary because it's a real performance and every shot was planned. And 
Um, well, you fooled so, me. I actually thought that was Dylan. <laughs> I think that, that there are other people that have felt that way. Us. I actually, it was, it was so convincing. I, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what's. I mean, Becca is just amazing and really had every single word and every single moment just down. Mm-hmm. And we had to shoot it so quickly because the sun rises in an hour. Um, so we had these two mornings and then we shot some after a little after the sun rose and a little in the subway before. Um, but yeah, I mean, Becca was such a, an awesome um, cast because I, I didn't really know where to go in terms of casting initially and uh, was introduced to Becca through a mutual friend. Um, and Dylan actually has bright red hair and Becca has bright red hair and we're all from the Midwest and have this this consistent language sort of pacing and little phrasings that are really common in the Midwest. So it was kind of awesome just to see those two people come together in this one character. So where is uh, what's next for Dylan? Uh, the person or the film? For the film, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the film is going to Outfest in LA. Um, so it's, it's playing there and then it's online for free for everyone to watch. I, I just want as many people to watch it as, as can. And I hope it really touches some people. Awesome. I want to go back to perfect victim for a minute. Sure. For any aspiring filmmakers listening or watching to this right now, um, how do they go about getting their hundred percent independent film? Like you said on TV. It is a real challenge. I'm not going to lie about that. It was um, as hard as making a film. And I did not anticipate that because I had come from a world at a, of a MTV where you make something and it's on TV literally the next day. Um, because promos are so fast, you know, it's like you can get an assignment and it's like, it's got to air tomorrow night, you know? So, um, this was just 100% the opposite of that. Um, and it was very, very challenging. I did not come from the documentary world at all. Um, I really didn't have connections there, um, or the independent film world at all. Um, and they are actually very different things, sort of like the cable TV and, that um, different networking and so anyways I uh, I submitted to so many film festivals you have no idea oh my god and got rejected from so many festivals Um, and (laughs) yeah well you know you have to you have to be you have to expect that yeah I do you know know, focus on the one in every thousand you know (laughs) yeah that was you know that was what happened to me and uh, I got into the Hot Springs Film Festival, which is um, a documentary-only film festival in Arkansas. And I had lunch or breakfast with um, somebody who was in programming when I was there. We were just walking down the street, and there's really just one diner there. And he was like, come on in and eat with us. <laughs> and um, I was like, "How do? what do I do now? What do I do? I don't understand. Like, how do I get more people to see this? And... And he's like, it's just really hard, you know, your, the fact that your film got into this festival was because it happened to be in the pile of DVDs on the floor next to me, and I happened to pick it up and put it in the DVD player. Oh my God. So, you know, it was just... <laughs> Wonderful to know. Right, so it's like, well, <laughs> so now what, you know? 
And fortunately enough, um, Journeyman Pictures um, and their distribution company out of the UK, uh, they saw the, the screening list from Hot Springs and they got in touch with me. They weren't at the festival. Um, and they said they wanted to see it and then they said they wanted to distribute it. Um, and from the point that I signed a contract with them to the point that it was on TV in the US was almost two years. Mm-hmm. So there was a long time and there where I was like, this is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it did. And it's, it's awesome that it did. Um, but, you know, all of these networks, uh, World Channel and POV, they do all accept submissions. And you just have to pound down a million doors and just learn to deal with rejection absolutely because it's just constant you can't let it stick on you the, the rejection there's no point yeah you, yeah. you got to focus on that and you know i it's actually it makes me think of a uh, very similar kind of world to a musician like it's very different but in the same way it's just about getting yourself out there it's just yeah. about being seen as much as possible like the fact that you have dylan online for free is so important because the more eyes on it you know it just it just grows from there, you know. And there's no there's never a guarantee whatsoever. But if you hadn't submitted, just blast and just submitted to so many, you wouldn't have had you know the experience that you had with Perfect Victim. Yeah, so, absolutely. Would absolutely. you agree? Would you agree? I guess is the question. Oh yes, I I absolutely would. And you know, I think that all that I can really say for myself moving forward, because it's going to continue to be a challenge. Obviously, um, is like. I have to believe in the work that I'm doing and I have to believe that it's good. And if I feel like it's good, then hopefully somebody else will too. But to sort of take, say, oh, this is really hot right now, or I feel like you've got to make it about this for this reason, because then people will pay attention. It's just not worth it. You know, you got to do what you feel is good and get your, your vision out there. Um, And then the other thing is honestly, is you have to have paying work that is not this because you have to not feel emotionally dependent on your finances coming from this. That's, that's my opinion on it because, uh, I agree. I'm working on that one. Yeah. Well, it's just like, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I, I do a bunch of other work, mm-hmm. freelance work, um, constantly just so that I don't feel emotionally tied to this in a financial yeah. And that way, that way you have the freedom to be able yeah. to explore that that creativity, you know, the, the the creativity that you want to explore, and without feeling so drained and dependent on it, right? Yeah, That's absolutely. I want to ask you, uh, as a, would you consider yourself an independent filmmaker? Yeah, yeah. It's okay, hard well, for me to say that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the question I want to ask is, um, I know, I know, when when you go to submit to festivals, I mean, you can't always submit to all the festivals. I mean, especially if you have a very limited budget. You know, yeah. keep in mind, I think people should know that there are a lot, a lot of free festivals you can submit to. It doesn't mean they're bad. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, first, the advice I would say is forget the large ones first, unless you're really, it's just, <laughs> I think you understand it. It's about building. It's about building that. But I guess what I'm trying to ask you is what sort of advice would you have to people who are submitting to festivals? What sort of um, plan should they have? Because it's not just about blasting. You know, there yeah. has to be some sort of plan there. And there has to be, especially if you're budget, if you're working within a budget. Yeah. Well, I would say, um, obviously, this this industry is very much about networking and, and building 
one step after the other, like you said. Um, the first festival that this showed in was the St. Louis Film Festival, which is a great international film festival. And, um, you know, I think that it got in there because The Perfect Victim had showed there. And The Perfect Victim showed there because the film was about St. Louis and Missouri and an issue that was happening here. It was a Missouri-specific film. Um, that said, there's another amazing film festival in Missouri called True False that it did not get into. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I got in touch with the, um, the programming director after that and said, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. It's a Missouri story. And I just, I'm wondering if you have any feedback for me. And he was very complimentary of the film and he ended up screening, doing a screening of the film, um, that was sponsored by Verizon at the oh, wow. same theater later in the year oh, so wow. it, so yeah so it didn't get into out. the festival but it got it got some um you know some notice from them and yeah. i built a relationship with them and i think you need to know this is impersonal they have like a million things to look at and you know as we don't have a lot of money festivals don't have a ton of money either they can't just pay very highly qualified people to watch thousands and thousands and thousands of movies so um uh, I think that you just have to be persistent. Well, you challenge me on this. You know, am I wrong to say if you're if you're a first time, well, not a first time filmmaker, but maybe a first time submitter to festivals, you know, should you give a, a major festival a chance? You know, I mean, you, you had yours screening in a, in a very, very international film festival. You know, am I wrong in saying this? Or generally speaking, should should they kind of work at the independent level and start building up a name, you know, what's your advice on that, that particularly? Yeah. I mean, I would say go for it. I think that you should look, do research on what type of films these festivals normally take and submit to those festivals. Don't submit to some, something that's like, well, this is just, you know, South by Southwest, if you have an amazing music fest, uh, film, mm -hmm. that's a great festival su to submit it to. It might not work as well at Tribeca or something yeah, exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. Um, so do your research and know, know uh, where it's going to do well. And then also think about, um, there are a lot of smaller festivals that are very highly regarded yeah. um, that I didn't get into. But um, but like Margaret Mead, you know, in New York, it's a small festival. It's not like you don't have the name of Sundance attached to it, but it's very highly regarded in the industry. So Yeah, um, I've learned a lot in the last few years. If, if I had known what I'd known, I definitely would have submitted my, my music documentary to South by Southwest because they only accept premieres. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone asked me, you know, another film festival asked, could you premiere, do you want to premiere, you know, on our festival? Sure, why not? Right, right, right. Funny. Are you ready uh, for 20 questions? Yes, let's do it. All right. Cool. You can kick this one off, Marcio. Okay. Coffee or tea? Oh, jeez. Uh, coffee. This one's easy. Meat or veggies? Veggies. You big thumbs up for me. Maybe CD or vinyl? Oh, um, CD. Writing or directing? Directing. Mac or PC? Mac. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. St. Louis or Brooklyn? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, my heart is in Brooklyn. Ross always likes to do that to our guests. Always. TV or Netflix? TV. Canada or Scotland? Never been to either one. 
So pick one. <laughs> Which one do you want to visit? Uh, Canada. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like time change. I don't like time changes, you know? Yeah. It screws me up. Well, we have the same... I can just go straight up and I'm there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Can, yes. This Canada's is true. Bigger yeah. than this America. Is true. We still have the same time changes. But yes, I won't feel better. You know, right. I, I don't have to go across... You don't have to bridge the Atlantic. Exactly. <laughs> See what I did there? I'm so clever. <laughs> Um, not clever. Oh, Marcy. This is you, buddy. Orange is the New Black or Game of Thrones? Orange is the New Black. Yeah. yeah. Have you been watching the third season, by the way? Yes, I have. Been. Awesome. Yeah. Education or experience? Um, experience. Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Um... Michael Bolton. Okay, I was going to say, I gotta go. pick a third Michael if you want. Oh, Michael J. Fox, absolutely. Okay, I used to wear a wedding go. ring. There I used to wear a wedding ring up until like third grade. You pretended you were married to him? Yep. No Did anyone believe third you? Grade, right? I actually poured a soda on somebody's head in the cafeteria because they said I was not married to him. <laughs> That's true. I like that. Oh, uh, twerk or work? Work. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Yeah. Whale or kale? Kale. Bette Midler or the Riddler? Oh, Bette Midler is one of my favorite humans. And, okay, before the interview, um, Elizabeth asked who she should look at on the Skype window, and I said for you to look at whoever you find most attractive. And now to (laughs) continue that kind of... I can't speak. You know what I'm saying. Ross, ask the question. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the question which has fallen to me to ask is uh, Ross or Marcio? Uh, well, Marcio and I kind of have like a thing going on. That's true. You do. Yeah. So that you I do think that you're very hot, Ross. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't get that. But okay, we have a thing. So <laughs> We've good. got like good. a thing. We've got like a deep emotional It's, it's more. It's, it's more than surface. It's like... It is. It's happening. It's here. You it's know? happening. Uh, do you have any music and film recommendations? Oh, goodness. Um, music. I'm a little trapped in like five years ago with music because I have kids and everything has been Sesame Street and stuff since then. Um, But my husband used to be a music producer. And so I constantly listen to all of his almost like old demos and everything. And he did like Yay Sayer and Chairlift. I like that little collection. It also like reminds me of a nice time in our lives. Right. Um, Like Brooklyn and free and all that stuff. So, yeah. And then movies. Um, I was actually thinking about this because I have been, I'm back in St. Louis now, which is where I grew up. And, uh, St. Louis. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, uh, so I thought about the movie that made me want to be a filmmaker, which I saw here. And I remember my mom and I got in a huge fight about it. I'm like, you only care about movies and blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> was the sweet hereafter. So I've been thinking about that movie and I just love that movie. Then on the other side of things, cause that movie is heavy. Do you guys remember that movie? No, I've never seen it. I've never oh seen it either. Have to check Adam McGowan. And it's about the, the school bus crash and he goes, he's the lawyer and he goes up to do an insurance check on the bus. Oh my God. Have it's amazing. Seen, have you ever seen Reckon for a Dream or Blue Valentine or those are the kind of movies that like are my absolute favorite. Like a yeah, yeah. 
Really yeah, Requiem's good. I saw that yeah. two times in one day, the, like the weekend it came out, and I yeah. haven't seen it since. I don't know if I can watch oh, it. Oh, God. Again. I think I've watched it about 50 plus times in my life. That's okay. Well, we, we, we've got a family thing with my mom and the red dress, and like whenever she, we've got something going, oh, that's the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm old, Harry. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, that monologue is like the most beautiful oh. and most heartbreaking thing I've ever watched in a movie in my life. Like, yeah. She's, it brings me to tears every time like i said i've seen it so many times you can't cry right now it's yeah. amazing not right now i won't cry right now we'll keep it light but. if you want to cry you should watch the sweet hereafter it is fucking cheap crazy sure. oh my god on the alternate side of things the other side of the sweet hereafter because that movie is so serious and dark is um this past weekend so it was father's day mm -hmm. and my husband likes really crappy movies <laughs> and um so i was like all right for father's day we went and saw jurassic world uh -huh. in 3d uh -huh. but the awesome thing about st louis is that they serve booze at the movie theaters here and they fill all the way to the brim so i had two huge glasses of white wine and these 3d glasses and I was loving it. I was loving life. It was good. That's how you watch a big blockbuster movie and get it through it. It was drunk and 3D, and it is the most hetero movie ever made. It was like <laughs> the spray tans, and like oh they start God. kissing as the dinosaurs like, wow. Ross, didn't you watch it twice? <laughs> yeah, well, well I love it too? <laughs> no, no, let me explain. I went to see it twice. First time I went, I fell asleep, and I missed about 45 minutes of the movie. Oh. Um, so I went to see it again, and we went to see it at the IMAX theater, which is like the biggest screen in Scotland, and it's like huge. I'd never been before, so it was like a whole new experience. Yeah. It was, but I think because that screen was so huge, and um, and I forced myself to stay awake, I actually quite enjoyed it the second time. Oh, yeah, time I, I had a blast. It was fun. I mean, it is ridiculous. I mean, you, you don't expect you don't expect it to be, you know, a serious, um, no. yeah. you know, effect but you know, fact-checked movie. No, you you do expect yeah, yeah, yeah. it to be ridiculous, and I think if you go in uh, expecting that, you'll yeah. be you'll you'll well, be entertained. People, um, uh, scientists oh, yeah. were pretty upset because since like the first Jurassic Park, there's been a lot of advancement with what we know about dinosaurs. For but they people. mentioned it. There's they actually mentioned it. Yeah, but they mentioned that in the film. They yeah. do say that if they went by the scientific uh, discoveries, the oh. dinosaurs wouldn't be scary and no one would come to the park because like dinosaurs that are massive would be tiny and oh, they would God. have feathers and they would just look like bears, oh, uh, bears, God. birds. Um, because yeah. so. So yeah, they I did reference that it. part. I must have just been gone by then. But it was pretty um, early in the movie. <laughs> oh shoot! Oh dear! No, it was she probably must have just been gone percent. by then, Russ. <laughs> um, oh, no, but I liked. Uh, I thought it was amazing that they they were allowed to go on vacation by themselves yeah, to like gosh. an island somewhere. That's so what I was like. It, What's going so on? How many stars out of zero would you give? <laughs> No, I give it like a like a two, oh, yeah, really? like a two one and a half two. I give it a solid like, two. I give I, it a solid two. I'm not huge into blockbusters whatsoever, but if you want something really fluffy and light, it's, it's yeah. okay. And particularly if you're going to go to an IMAX or a really big screen, that's the kind of movie you have to see. It's it's fun. Yeah. It's you know. Oh yeah. You it's, know, when it comes to really good movies that actually like feel like like just like good music that changes you. Yeah. Some way or another, that you know, you're not going to get there. There's, there's room for ev there's room for everything, though. It just depends, yeah. like, you know, well, oh, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. that's actually I don't know if, if I'm the only one that does this, but that's how I kind of differentiate between film and movie. To me, mm, that's film just how is I, more. I just film is yeah. a work of art. Well, I, not even necessarily serious, but 
it's artistic. It's it's a work of art, whereas the movie is not. <laughs> more just more That's movies awesome. purely for entertainment. Yeah, I yes. love, but I love. You're some, a filmmaker, some not a movie maker. Trashy movies, like well, the, I didn't. I don't even call them trash. I wouldn't think of them like a soap dish or like soap dish is one of my favorite films. Yeah. I would say, even though it's probably a movie. I'm just being pretentious it. right now. Totally, <laughs> just go with me here. <laughs> anyway, so Elizabeth, where can people find you online? Oh, okay. Um, you can find me at elizabethroarbaugh.com. Can you please spell that out? Because yes. it's a little bit difficult. Yeah, yeah. E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-R-O-H-R-B-A-U-G-H.com. Oh, I feel and exhausted just I listening know. to that. <laughs> I know. Hopefully everyone's just like, oh, I got to look it up right now. Um, you, just, you, just, you should just do like LizR.com and then have that go like to your private website. <laughs> I know, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a marketing um, manager. And then you can look, you can watch Dylan at DylanMovie.com. Um, it's up there. Yes, do it. Please do. And uh, you can look at ThePerfectVictim.com as well. And that's where the, the website for the documentary yeah, is. Yeah, Ross and I want to see awesome. that. Yeah, I, I, love, uh, I love documentaries, especially kind of the like prison related documentaries i love like all the louis through documentaries when he goes and visits people in, in death row and stuff like that I, I just find it all very fascinating so yeah I'm, and because we've spoken with you i feel even more compelled than i did before to to watch it so yeah oh, i'm looking forward you. to it and if you'd like to check out what i'm up to go to marcianovelli.com and uh you can hear my music on there and see what i'm up to in the film world if you want to find out more about me uh you'll, you'll find my website electrickiwi.co.uk um and yeah i Feel free to get in touch. I always like talking to everyone. What do you do, Ross? Oh, yeah. I design websites for bands and musicians. So if you're a band or a musician or any kind of creative person. Yeah, I was going to say, you should get into Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm open to anything uh, creative-based. So, yeah, get in touch with you if you need something. This has been so great, Ross. It's been fun. Seriously, this it's has been, been really fun. Awesome. Honestly, it's uh, I, I didn't. I, I watched your stuff, but I, I hadn't met you more than like five minutes before we started the interview. And you were yeah. an absolute sweetheart. You're a true artist, in oh, my opinion. You. And uh, everything's coming from the right place. And please keep doing what you're doing. Thank keep us you in the so loop. Much. And uh, come back on the show when uh, you have uh, something new out that you want to. I would love about. to. Yeah, just let us know when you've got something out, and we'll Absolutely. we'll post it on Twitter yeah, and and all that good stuff too. We're we're oh, definitely awesome. here to support you. So much love. Thank you so much. You too, guys. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.